Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOK. Before we start the episode, we just want to remind you that everyone's sexual and romantic attraction works a bit differently. What you are about to hear are opinions based on personal experience, and any descriptions of romantic or sexual orientations featured in this episode are not representative of any group. Hello, friends, and welcome to AOK, the podcast about people on the aromantic and asexual spectrums. I'm your Aeroace host, Courtney Lang, and joining us today is Daniel, who is a YouTuber and an engineer. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm uh, 23. I use he, him pronouns, and I identify as homoromantic asexual. Awesome. What does being homoromantic and asexual mean for you? Um, so what I normally say is, in a nutshell, it means that I'm gay, but I don't like sex. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what it extends to. But um, the official definition is that uh, you feel a romantic attraction to people of the same gender, in my case, guys, and um, sexual attraction to no one. Um, obviously, like the like definition of a romantic attraction is a bit woolly but um i still don't really quite know what romance is and i think i'll never no. know no i was trying to i was trying to work out a good way to to put it the other day but it's just like no i can't <laughs> i'm just gonna be have to be one of those horrible people and just be like but if you'll know if you feel it yeah uh-huh but that is horrible that's not a good explanation <laughs> at all it's horrible <laughs> i hate it um so when did you figure out your orientation like when so I'm assuming the split attraction model works really well for you yeah definitely um I actually um kind of have two answers to the question because um there's there's when I knew that I was asexual um but I didn't have a word for it and Mm. then there's when I started identifying as asexual so if you like came up to 13 year old me and said this is what asexual is I imagine I would have said yes that's me um because I kind of always knew that I wasn't straight and that I didn't really want well uh for a long time during like at that age when I was a teenager I kind of even though I didn't have the language for it I identified as aromantic asexual um and I think part of that is because I grew up in quite a conservative area, so I didn't really want to... I think I kind of buried down my homoromanticism because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it wasn't until I was about 19 and I was at university, I was just... I think I was just laying in bed and I was like, wait, people actually do want sex, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, so I, I looked on the internet and I was like, oh, yeah. Um, asexual apparently um oh my god that's nice though that's like nice and uh like you didn't have to look very hard no not really Uh, (laughs) I can't I can't remember exactly what I searched because it wasn't really a big deal at the time right it was just a I guess a curiosity yeah (laughs) because a lot of people a lot of aces say uh, they think that other people were faking it and I thought that other people were faking it until you get to uni and everyone's still 
quote unquote faking it. Right. Um, when the yeah, and I was like, they're probably not faking it because <laughs> right. that'd be a very long con with <laughs> a lot of people involved. <laughs> yes, I feel that so hard. Um, so when you figured out the ace piece, like, was there a lot of confusion around the homo romantic piece? Yeah, because um, the only really exposure I'd had to gay people was either questionable portrayals in the media or um, talk about like gay sex, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think in the in the gay community in general, um, sex is very tied into being gay. So for a while, I didn't think I was gay because I couldn't be gay without being without wanting sex. Um, so it took me until I found the split attraction model that I realized, oh, you can be gay and not want sex. It's just homoromantic instead. Right. Yes. I. It's hard because when I heard Ace, like I happen to be both Ace and Arrow. So when I heard Ace only, um, like that was enough for me at the time. Yeah. Because it encompassed everything. Because, you know, when people say they're gay, it means they're you know, gay, romantic, and gay, sexual, yeah. like, and just like things like that. Straight is the same. Like you're hetero, romantic, and heterosexual. Like that's never different for yeah, a lot I of think, people. So yeah, yeah. For most people, that their romantic and sexual orientations align, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's nice in the ace community to have that split, just because there are people, obviously, who whose uh, orientations don't align, and I imagine there are people who are maybe. I don't know, biromantic, heterosexual or something, but they don't realize or it because they don't have that split outside the ace community. Right, exactly. And I think I just got lucky because I happened to be both, but I can imagine Mm. it would be very confusing to be like ace and then something like not aromantic. To be honest, it's still confusing now. Like... (laughs) I still got, I, I feel like it's I'll I'll be like walking up a hill um like and the top of the hill's like understanding my orientation uh-huh. and then every now and then someone just pushes me back down again and I'm like I have no idea what I am anymore. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, exactly. It's it's confusing and it's definitely a journey and I think there's just so much pressure to that you have to know exactly mm. what you are for sure right now. Yeah. Um, and that pressure makes it really hard. So I think just like opening it up to be okay with not being 100% sure or just being sure but being confused at the same time, like I think there needs to be more of that mindset. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because you don't, don't necessarily need to be, uh, yeah, like you said, 100% sure on what you are and you don't need to have the label set in stone like you can just fiddle around with it yes. how it suits you. Mm-hmm. So you're you you are currently dating, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. How do you do that? Like, how do you? <laughs> how do I do that? <laughs> That's such a big know. question. But like, how do you navigate that? Um. So, I guess the, the first time I got into a relationship, uh, by that point, I knew I was asexual and homoromantic. So. Um, I, well, I thought I had, I thought I knew where I stood in terms of relationships. Um, so I ended up going to this LGBT plus like social thing and started hanging out with a guy that I ended up liking and asking out uh, on a, on a date. And then we ended up dating. 
Um, and I think it was after the first date, I like messaged him and, and uh, said something like, I need to tell you something, but I want to tell you in person and I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> Just like very, <laughs> very cryptically. That's not scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like, can we meet somewhere? Um, and yeah, we ended up meeting up in a coffee shop and I was like, I'm asexual. It's very emotional. It's, it seemed very dramatic from my angle. I imagine it was just me uh, saying I was asexual from right. his angle, but right. Um, yeah, then he was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Um, turned out later in the relationship, that it wasn't entirely fine, but um, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and nowadays, um, like the the relationship I'm in at the moment, I um. I, I met him through Tinder because um, I was doing like if I was on a few different dating sites um, as one because it's easier to go on dating sites if you're gay and don't want to hook up. Um, right. Because <laughs> um, I think a lot of gay spaces are very sexual. Yes, the, um, the dating sites are much easier than a club. Yes, exactly. And you can actually hear the other person speak. Right. Um, I'm just imagining trying to shout like, in a club i don't want to have sex and then being like what um uh and tinder uh recently um added a uh that you can put your sexuality on there and asexual is one of the ones included um so i ended up putting asexual and gay on my profile so it was front and center um and then obviously people I were talking with, I, it would either come up naturally or I would just say, is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, that helps to filter out a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it also just sucks that you have to be like, is my orientation okay with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does really uh, suck. I had this, um, this first date once where... Um, so I was having a really good time and I liked him and he seemed like he was having a good time too. And then like halfway through the date, he was like, yeah, I don't know if I can actually date you because you're asexual. What the fuck? And I felt like I've been friend zoned majorly because um, he was still like really friendly and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And then even more confusing at, at the end of the date, we um we got on a, a train to go back to our respective destinations houses whatever they're called um and uh they just kissed me and I was like what (laughs) I'm very confused now now and it was he went in for like to make out right which uh which I don't mind but like not as a first kiss right so kissing to you isn't sexual it's romantic yeah yeah um yeah that's a because I think for a lot of aces uh, who are romantic or aloromantic, um, making out a bit too much, but yeah. I, I enjoy it. So, yeah. Wow. So then did he just like never talk to you again? No, we went on a second date. Um, well, what? <laughs> it was all very confusing. Um, that like that first date was a very, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> roller coaster of emotions and, it, it was enjoyable in the moment, but it's probably my least favorite date I've gone on. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I feel like dating as an asexual is unnecessarily confusing. Yes. Like, yeah. it's so much more confusing than probably normal dates are because, like, 
you don't really know what's happening and you don't know what the other person thinks like yeah in regards especially since to, yeah they won't necessarily know what it means right exactly so, yeah um and different people have got different boundaries even within like it's not like you're asexual so you tick off these boxes right um so then you have to have the discussion about okay this is what i'm happy doing and this is what i'm okay doing Mm -hmm. and this is what i do not want to do right um and it can be very awkward like first or second date (laughs) talking explicitly about sex and stuff right exactly um that's quite important. It's so important. And I think everybody should do it, not just asexual people and aromantic yeah, people. Yeah, definitely. Like, communication. Just, they they kind of just assume that this is the general guidelines for a relationship that everyone must follow. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of cases. Yes. And it's, it's a lot of pressure mm. and a lot of assumptions. Yep. Um, so I'm assuming those experiences were with allosexual people yeah i've um i've been on a a couple of date dates with um aces just first dates but we didn't click for other reasons um okay and uh because even if someone is asexual doesn't mean i'm necessarily gonna get along with them yes oh my god thank you (laughs) (laughs) um so and because I'm a minority within a minority and there's like there's a higher proportion of it's like the ace community is the one community where there aren't many men right or at <laughs> least then, any men that we that are out yeah yeah um and i think a lot of that is maybe to do with society's ex- expectation of men oh, to be definitely. overtly sexual right um so people won't fathom the idea of ace men um mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. but yeah then then finding someone who is homoromantic and male um and asexual who then i also get along with <laughs> is just the herculean task yes I, I, I don't know how to say that um difficult yes no i totally get it i would agree. I'm glad that you threw out the whole just because they're also ace doesn't mean I'm going to get along with them because yeah. that's such a common theme for me is people being like, oh, they're ace or they're arrow. Like you should go talk to them. And I'm like, I have n- literally nothing in common with them except yeah. my orientation. Like, why would you think we're going to get along? <laughs> you, funnily, you get a similar thing for being gay as well. You know, like my uh-huh. mom once said, Oh, yeah, that person's gay. Why don't you take them? And I'm like... <laughs> I'm not just going to take anything that moves that happens to be the same as me. Oh, God. I just like <laughs> so much of that is just so cringy. I hate it. Um, so are you dating an allosexual right now then? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've been, what is it, March? We've been dating for about six months, I think. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah, half of that's been um, long distance. Uh, so he was over here studying, um, and he's gone back to America now. So okay. <laughs> um, at the moment, it's just talking on Skype, and uh, yeah, is that hard? Yeah, um, it was funny the other day. My my sister asked me, "Is it um, is it easier to have a long distance relationship when you're asexual?" 
because you don't miss the sex. Um, and originally, I thought initially my like gut reaction was no, it's not because Ace is like it's still important to be with your person, be with your person, right? Um, but I suppose it is marginally easier in the in the sense that yeah, you you you're not missing sex, you're not thinking <laughs> about sex, and you're you're not risking just hooking up with some random person because you're horny, right? Um, yeah. Okay. But then I, yeah. I do still miss like the sensuality of it, like right. hugging and kissing and cuddling and all that. Yes, obviously. There's something about being in the same room as someone, even if you're not mm. touching. Like it, it's their presence. Like it's it's yeah, different. It's just, just a deeper form of intimacy, I think. Right. And also, I just I don't understand the argument of people being like, don't you miss the sex? Like, can't you just take care of that yourself? I know it's just like uh, yeah because obviously asexuals will they will might still have a libido right so um some may masturbate and it's like doesn't I mean, that take care of it isn't yeah doesn't isn't that the same thing I don't know like to me yes like it's gotta be right it's gotta be but they make like allosexuals make such a big deal out of like the act of sex i know i'm like uh it's yeah that's uh, yeah to me they're exactly the same thing having having done both Um, (laughs) yes um and i don't see there must be something special about it it's um yeah i there must be it must be like how you're like i don't want to say you just know when you know but (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah until someone explains it to us then i suppose we'll just not know <laughs> it just doesn't make sense okay um, um but any it, like how do you navigate that then like long distance um or even just dating like do you set up a lot of like check-ins like do you check in with each other once in a while to see where your boundaries are at or like i guess what i'm saying is do you have any advice for dating an allosexual as an asexual? Yeah, I, I think definitely keeping an open open line of communication um, because I personally will forget about sex every now and again, <laughs> um, especially being a long distance. I'll just have, I'll just wait, wait, sex exists. Right. I need to check whether my boyfriend <laughs> is thinking about sex at some point. Um, because I don't, I don't want him to feel like I'm not. Like you don't care. Yeah, like I don't care about it because it is important to him. Right. Um, and I, I don't mind doing it. Um, I'm, I consider myself sex indifferent. Me too. Okay, yeah. It's like I, I can do it and it's physically pleasurable to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I definitely... Yeah, I think it's important to keep that open line of communication. Right. That's a really good way to put it because even if we don't understand it, like it is still important for a lot of people. Yeah. And just have like acknowledging it and kind of, yeah, setting up boundaries and what works for you and what doesn't like is probably the way to go. Yeah. Um, I think pretty early on in the relationship, I set a hard boundary of this is what I do not want to do. This is what I'm not comfortable with. Um and I don't plan on compromising that because, like I said, I'm not comfortable with it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I suppose there is 
people always find the word compromise as a negative thing, but right. it's just no two people are going to want and need the same things. So I think in any relationship, there's a level of compromise necessary, but it's just, <clears throat> the, I guess the disparity between the two partners is a bit more distinct mm. um, when one's aloe and one's ace. Right. And it's just meeting in the middle. Like I, I do think yeah. there's a negative connotation with compromise, the word. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's something everybody sh- should have to do anyway um, yeah. to have an equal relationship. So with that compromise piece, like I, I hate to use the, the phrase um, scare away, but like how many potential relationships did like ended because you brought it up before meeting your current um, relationship person? Uh, I don't. Your current boyfriend. I don't know why yeah. I phrase it like that. <laughs> relationship person. Um, <laughs> he, is a, he is a relationship person. Um, <laughs> Um, um, I'm just trying to think like because my first relationship it was kind of a slow burn of my sexuality ending it mm. um, I don't think I've ever had I've had a few people message me on dating apps and when I clarify what asexual means they're like yeah I don't really want that which is fair enough like I'm, I don't want everyone to be uh, feel like they have to be in a relationship with an asexual or they're a bad person because some people will just not be compatible with that. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I think it hasn't been that common. Um, but then I'm, I'm very picky about, <laughs> like, <laughs> if anyone's overtly sexual, I'll just stay clear of them because I know it's not going to work. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm just wondering because I know a lot of asexuals and aromantics get... Um, a little discouraged with how often their relationships end because they bring it up and so a lot of people are afraid to bring it up yeah I'm I'm always a bit nervous about that because that has happened in the past I if I if I don't bring it up and I'll end up being in a situation again where I'm just doing whatever they want to please them Mm -hmm. and that's not a healthy relationship for me to be in personally. And it's not something they'll want either because, well, unless they're a horrible person, um, <laughs> um, because you, you want to feel like the person is doing it because they love you and not because they feel like the relationship's going to fail unless they don't do that. Right. Yeah. It sucks, but like, I feel like it's got to happen. Yeah. No, I feel like if you're going to have like a committed relationship with someone, I think it's important to be honest about those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Yeah, probably sooner rather than later. Yeah, because <laughs> um, some people will end up, I imagine, feeling very um, like you're being dishonest if you if you keep it hidden. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, are you supposed to be forced into coming out if you're on a relationship right that's essentially what's happening um yeah it's a difficult balance yeah Um, yeah how soon did you tell your current boyfriend um so because we met on tinder he it was in the profile oh that's right from before he met me so Mm -hmm. um that i think that's quite nice because at least then 
maybe if they don't know about it, they can look at it up themselves before they've even met you, um, as opposed to awkwardly having to bring it up after someone's already like developed a little bit of attraction for you. Right. Yes. Um, God, dating is so hard. <laughs> I actually, I find it um, easier than making friends. <laughs> do you? That's so interesting. Um, because, why do you um, think that is? Well, I, I because like for dating out specifically, you're kind of both there to like build a relationship. So you're kind of for like there to specifically to do it. Um, not do it the euphemism, do it right, to, right. like make a relationship. <laughs> um, I'm sure everything is a euphemism nowadays. It's very hard to talk <laughs> without accidentally talking about sex. Right. Um, uh, at school, you were kind of forced together because you were there every day in a similar place. And then once I left school, there was nothing bringing me with other people which I could make friends with, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. So I kind of have to force myself to go out and find people who want to make friends. Yeah, you almost have to force yourself to do like some sort of extracurricular as an adult. Yeah. And that's difficult. Yeah, it's um, something I'm trying to do at the moment, but then I just end up sitting at home playing games instead. (laughs) I mean, but games are so great. That's true. (laughs) Um, So speaking of things you do besides making friends um you run the slice of ace youtube channel i do so what is slice of ace um so slice of ace is my youtube channel obviously um and it's a youtube channel about asexuality in the ace community and I, i make videos from the perspective of being a homo romantic asexual basically cool yeah what made you want to start that um so there were two things um one was boredom um, <laughs> so I just finished uni and I was looking for a job but you can't spend 24 hours a day looking for a job because then it just gets depressing yes mm-hmm. um, so I wanted something to fill my time and I quite like doing creative things um so I yeah I thought oh I'll start a YouTube channel because that's easy um <laughs> right and uh, the other thing was, uh, when I was coming to terms with my orientation, I didn't have many people I could look to of my orientation, mm-hmm. um, because I grew up in a conservative area, and um, there was no like LGBT plus education at my school, um, and I don't. I kind of stick to my corner of the internet, which is like a couple of game sites um, <laughs> and uh, some music. Uh, so I, I didn't really venture out to find like where people were actually talking about sexualities. Um, but one thing I did, I did watch a lot of YouTube videos with people who identified as gay or identified as asexual. And I found that really helpful personally in coming to terms with my orientation. Um, and a few months before I started, um, a YouTuber, Amelia Ace, um, she uh, stopped putting out videos. And I thought, there's no really, there's no um, YouTuber who consistently make video, makes videos about asexuality. And I was like, I wish there were. And then in my boredom, <laughs> I thought, wait, 
I'm asexual and I can make <laughs> YouTube videos. I'll just do it myself. No one else is gonna. God, sorry, I'm laughing so hard because this is so similar to my experience <laughs> with the podcast. Um, mm. So how long ago was this? Like how how long have you been doing it? Um, a little bit over a year. So um, I think I started just before Ace Awareness Week in 2018. So it was about October, November mm -hmm. 2018. Yeah, so maybe a year and a half. Okay. Um, so, like, what the first couple episodes you did, like, were you nervous? Was it really a lot harder than you thought it was going to be? Um, I mean, I'm always nervous, so, <laughs> so... <laughs> just just perpetually nervous. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I've always been terrible at talking in front of. Uh, people or well a camera in this case mm -hmm. um and the setup I had was horrendous um at one point I had um I think it was like my laptop with a webcam on it balanced on two tables oh. um, um fortunately now I have a camera and a tripod which mm -hmm. uh, is a lot easier to set up but yeah it was it was very I think recording it wasn't too bad um when it released first couple of videos that was very nerve-wracking mm -hmm. just waiting to see people's opinions and that yeah what did, what was it like talking about something so personal on such a public platform um I I didn't really think about it to be honest because I I tend to be quite open and from my perspective I was doing it to help other people so um I don't mind sharing my story if it's going to help other people. And uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, generally, yeah, I'm generally quite open and I like helping <laughs> people in summary. Yeah. I so what kind of help, like, what do you hope people get out of it? Um, I think mainly it's just having someone who they can look to and say, oh, I'm, I'm like them um, or maybe to educate them about asexuality if they don't know about it. Um, like I was mentioning earlier, people who um, look on, on YouTube and on these, these sites to, to, to find out not what's wrong with them, but what, what their orientation is and try to figure out where they stand. Right. Um, Why they're feeling so different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'd, at some point, I forgot about that, and funnily, it was um, I started listening to this podcast. Um, I kind of got that feeling again um, with a couple of your guests. I was just like, "Oh, I, I'm like them. This is really, <laughs> really nice to hear hear someone that you can relate to." Because, like, like I said, I, 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 I doubt I doubt my orientation quite a lot, yes. just because I'm not very confident in myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I assume I'm always wrong. Um, and it's just nice having that other person who says the same things as you're thinking. Yeah, it's that validation is so important, especially in the Ace and Arrow community, because we're told all the time that we're wrong. Yeah. So I totally understand. And it's, yeah, it's nice to be able to see someone like you and be like, oh, my God, OK, I'm not making it up or like, oh, I'm not just being dramatic. Yeah. You know, and I think um I wanted to do it for YouTube as well because you get to see their their face. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's um, to me that was important because 
it, it makes them feel a bit more real. Yes. Um, that makes sense. No, it totally does. It's the same reason why I wanted to hear people's voices mm. on the podcast because I was like reading text, you know, reading things yeah, people write. It, it feels a little disconnected. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was, was going to say disconnected as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you can. Yeah, it, it adds a sense of realism to it if you can hear someone talking or you can see someone. Um, talking um yeah because yeah you can write you can write anything and it's not necessarily real you can write about dragons it doesn't make dragons real right unfortunately right and like literature is super powerful and some of the articles are amazing and the stories people yeah. write but there's something about needing to hear a human voice saying it or seeing a human face you know with their expressions like describing yeah. it like there's something very helpful about that and something very, like, I don't know how to describe it. Something that I was missing because you don't get to see a lot of other ace people out yeah. in the wild because, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> such an yeah. invisible identity. Yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a level of uh, emotion and expression that you can't, or at least it's very difficult to replicate with mm -hmm. just written communication um yeah so you can kind of get how they're how they're feeling more so from something like a podcast or a video mm -hmm. um have you personally gotten anything out of doing this um when when people message me um sometimes people message me outside of the comments and outside of that and just tell me just thank me for, for doing what I'm doing and um, say that it's really helped them or maybe they ask me a question about something I've talked about or something they're struggling with about their orientation and that just makes it makes it worth it because mm. it, I can put a video out there and it can get loads of likes and loads of views um, <clears throat> but it's just something about someone coming to me in a, a more intimate setting and saying that I'm helping them. Yes. Which, which, um, <laughs> yeah, it makes it all worth it, I think. Yeah. I think leaving comments and leaving reviews and sending messages and stuff like really hits home. Like, oh shit, like real people are listening to this and real people are watching this. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, w like, so what is the general, I don't know much, like I've watched a lot of your videos, but I haven't gone past oh, that. Yeah. Um, past that into like other YouTube channels and stuff. Like mm. what is the Ace and Arrow YouTube community like? Like does it exist? I mean, from what I've experienced, it's very, it's pretty much the same as the Ace community anywhere else. Very welcoming, very friendly. Um I like to say that the ace, com ace community in general is like the it's like the nicest place on the internet, um, <laughs> just because everyone's so accepting and welcoming for the most part. Um, and uh, there's a few uh, like I've made friends through the channel um, who, I, who I speak with outside of it and just not talking about the channel at all. Um, and one's coming to visit me. Well, they're coming to visit Edinburgh where oh, I live. Oh shit! Um, That's so cool. And I'm just they're just going to stay around mine because more convenient. But that would be cool meeting someone who I basically met through doing the videos. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've done a few collabs with other Ace YouTubers, um, which is always fun. 
Um, so yeah, on the general, it's just very, just very positive, nice, welcoming community. That's so cool. Yeah, I've had that ex- same experience. It, it can be scary, like because you don't know how people are going to react. But mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've never really received hate from inside the house. If no. that makes sense. And um, yeah, actually, the other day, um, I got this really weird comment. Um, so it was like, it was all in, it was all in capitals. Um, and this guy said, um, oh, you're really attractive. I like your haircut. I want to see your chest. And one, I don't know where that line of thought was going. Um, <laughs> like, how do you progress from haircut to please strip for me? What a um, jump. Um, but the thing is, I put my videos out at midnight. So I'm asleep when they go out because then I'm not nervously checking the comments every five minutes. Yes. And then when I wake up, there are a few comments for me to look at. And by the time I'd woken up, a couple of people had like um, defended me from that comment. <laughs> They're like saying, get out of here. We don't want you here. And it was just really nice to have that support. Right. Because um, well, I was essentially getting objectified and they weren't listening to what I was saying at all. Right. Wow. That's, I mean, the person's not great, but all of those people coming in and defending you are, sound pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. Um, how, okay, so one of your most recent episodes was about, like, the history of asexuality, which is really oh, cool. Yeah. Like, that one that was, was a nice recent fa- one. yeah, that was fascinating. Um, I think the first one I ever watched was the Meeting Other Aces. Um, oh, okay. But, like, how do you come up with those topics? Like, where, do you have, like, a list of things that you want to hit, or what's that like? I used to have a list. Um, so before I started, I... I wrote down a list of 52 topics because um, I was going to do weekly videos and um, I wanted to have at least a year's worth of content, um, like pre-prepared. Mm-hmm. In, in oh, some wow. Um, it was 52 weeks in a year, so I thought, great, that'll give me a year's worth. <laughs> um, and then at some point I started going off the list and just doing whatever I felt like. Um Sometimes I do episodes which are requested. Um, uh, sometimes something just pops into my mind. I write it on a note on my phone and then I, I talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some of the time it'll be someone asks me a question and I think, oh, that's really interesting. Maybe I'll talk about that. And other times it's some ace representation pops up in the media, like um, the recent one in sex education. I ended up doing a video about that um, when that came out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a mix of things. Okay, very cool. Okay, I have one question left, and it's important. Uh, who is someone important to you? So it's also a, a question which I was pondering for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even before I, uh, I thought I knew I was coming on the podcast, <laughs> I was just like, if I were asked this question, what would I say? <laughs> um, and I, fling, I was flitting between two different pe- uh, a few different people. I think um, I probably have to say my mum. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, so my, my dad passed away when I was quite young and, um, my mum, she quit nursing and became a teaching assistant. So, um, she could spend more time with me and my brother. Um, so she got the school holidays off when we did. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and she's just dedicated a lot of her life to, to looking after me and my siblings. And um, 
I can't imagine it's been easy for her. And it's just, I'm very appreciative um, that she's done that and she's put so much into making our lives better, if that yeah, makes sense. yes. And um, she's just always very supportive and accepting. Like, before I, before I came out to her, I knew she'd be absolutely fine with it. Um, and it's, she does this annoying thing where she'll be like, um, something will happen on TV or something, and she'll say, if you did this, I'd be da 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 da. Um, so it'll be normally it'll be something like, if you killed this person and then started a drug ring, I I would report you to the police. And I'm like, thanks, mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but then sometimes it would be like, oh, if you were gay, I'd be completely fine with it. So I knew in advance that her opinion on stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just a very nice mom to have. Yes. That's wonderful. I, yeah, I never felt like I was missing a parent yeah. because of it. So. Yeah. Oh, what a lovely mom. I I love, yeah. I just like love moms. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good answer. Um, well, thank you. That was awesome. Yeah, I've had a load of fun. Yeah, no, very fun. Are you still, are you still feeling very nervous or is that gone? Perpetually nervous. I'm always nervous. <laughs> Um. well don't worry you did great um and as always thank you to uberkick for the use of their song a-ok to tanner grayler for creating our cover art to sophie lalonde for editing and producing this episode and to our amazing patrons on patreon.com slash a-ok pod i'll be back next week with another guest but until then i'm courtney lang and i'm daniel and, and we, we are a-ok, are A-OK.